$50. You get 20 bucks. The orangutan gives you 20. They're fighting. They're in the middle of fighting. Look at Linda's face. $726. She knows she fucked up. That's right. She knew. See? Well, because these people, they don't buy the right products. It's not that hard to win supermarket sweep. Man, look at, look at old girl here. I, I just, I still don't understand why the people take their time with getting products in supermarket sweep. Why you, is she so big? You should run through the aisles and you should just throw every product into the cart. Why don't they do that? I feel like I've seen people do that. I want someone to put their arm out and just run yeah. through the aisles. And but is it because you fill up your cart and you can't get another cart? You can get as many carts as you want. Really? Wow, she took off. Yeah. She really wants this $5,000. Oh, girl can run. Big girls deserve groceries too. Next time you hear the beep, remember think of how much fun you can have on, on Supermarket super sweep. sweep. He's no baby, but this Miami Vice star might use this product. Who? What? That's a, I don't know, that's a outdated clue. Johnson's baby shampoo. Okay. Yeah, Johnson <laughs> and Miami Vice. They're done. I mean, they're in the right aisle. Oh, oh got, he saw it. They got 20 seconds to get to the next one. If Christmas in San Francisco bugs you, it remind it might remind you of this mist. Gorillas in the mist. Holiday oh. fogger. What is that? They're done. These are hard clues. Yeah. Time's up. Yeah, time's up, chumps. And then they go back to the front and then they say to them, oh, but congratulations, you won $862. Make sure you tax that so you actually get 20 bucks. I would not cheer for it. I would, I would walk away. I would not be happy. No, you have to be a, a good loser. No, <laughs> What's it called? A good sport? I mean, yes, that's the Those way. Those chips aren't real, right? Look, is all this food fake? Look at those chips. Those aren't real. Look how much air is in there. No, that's a real grocery store. No. You can go shop there. No. They closed down the grocery store. If you can travel back to 1988. Yeah. <laughs> it's America's favorite jelly bean. Should I turn this off? Yeah, I guess you can turn off the TV so we can start recording our show. Our game show. I don't like the way they make people applaud and cheer when in real life you wouldn't do such a thing someone gives a dumb answer you don't say good answer oh yeah like family feud you don't say that no you're like what are you thinking rebecca and when you lose you don't applaud i understand that they want to show good sportsmanship yeah but it doesn't need to be fake you don't have to be well supermarket sweep is not trying to be the most genuine game show and what game show is trying to be the most ge- genuine game show? None is the answer. None game show. <laughs> I don't know. You have me stumped. <laughs> uh, Someone's going to think there was a technical difficulty with their podcast in that long pause. Yeah. Sorry. I was trying to think of a game show that was genuine. Hmm. Oh. What about that one that was on MTV where they were like, you know, hey, hey, goodbye. I don't know what that is. With uh, that guy and Adam Sandler was on it sometimes. Oh, I have no clue. Oh, that's called. um, I'm going to look it up. Hold on. Game show. No, 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 no. Adam Sandler. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye, Sandler. Oh, no. Can I tell you something? What? Oh, no. My subscribe and save toilet paper delivery is temporarily unavailable. Yeah, I told you the toilet paper was going to run out, and you thought, oh, I have a subscription. I'm okay. Yeah. Oh, no. You thought you were smarter than everyone else, but you weren't. Oh, no. I really, I have like three rolls of toilet paper left at home. That's real bad. Well, the Scott's toilet tissue is still around. You mean that, yeah, the the stuff you use in a gift bag, that kind of tissue paper? That's what I had to get because people were crazy and they bought everything at the store. Man, that sucks. Okay, 
I'll, oh, bef- you know, before people go nuts, let me look up this at a, it's an MTV game show. I'll put Adam Sandler. Yeah, there we go. Remote Control. Did you ever watch Remote Control? No, never. Oh. Not once. I feel like if maybe that was a little bit more genuine because it was on MTV. It was probably for like Gen Xers. It wasn't, you know, because it wasn't like a family on there trying to be like supportive and like, we're going to do it. It was like, no, we want you to lose. We enjoy singing the hey, 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 goodbye to you song. What year was that out? Was that Sandler's heyday? He was doing TV game shows on MTV in his heyday? 87. Oh, it was before. 87? Mm-hmm. No, I never watched that. Mm. I was too young for MTV. I loved MTV. I just, I guess I wasn't interested. I wasn't not allowed to watch it. I just, in 87, when I was five, I had no interest in MTV. Oh, I had interest in MTV. I liked nuke, 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 nuke. Nickelodeon. Yeah. I loved Nickelodeon. How'd you feel about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Scary? No. No. I always wanted it to be scarier than it was. I didn't really watch it. Oh, really? I mean, I just, I don't like horror. Well, it wasn't. It was like kid horror. Yeah. I mean, what I did watch, it wasn't that I was scared of it. I just never got into that genre. Jean, you never got into the children horror genre on Nickelodeon? Yeah, no no horror genre at all. Mm-hmm. Any type. What about vince, uh, 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 vintage horror? I mean, genre? <laughs> I mixed them up. <laughs> no. No, vintage, none of it. Vintage horror genre? It never interested me. What about... Uh, People act stupid. I know that's like the... It's been pointed out a million times. It's not like I'm being original in this, but I, the, the characters are idiots. They do things they shouldn't be doing. Uh, yeah, I, no, I don't want to see people be slaughtered anyway. Hmm. All right. Jump scares are cheap. What about the exorcist? Yeah. Oh, were you not afraid of the exorcist? No, I feel like poltergeist scared me at some point. Poltergeist is so scary, but exorcist is for real scary. I feel like poltergeist is like, we're going to scare kids with this and adults are going to be like, um, you know, like grossed out or creeped out, but with Exorcist, that's that was for real frightening. Yeah, I guess because I didn't buy into any of that. Since the moment I found that I was going to die, I never <laughs> believed in heaven. <laughs> so yeah, none of that's real. The ghosts, I didn't believe in either. When I watched Unsolved Mysteries, the only thing that scared <gasps> me was the aliens. Ooh. The ghost stories didn't scare me. The actual murder stories didn't scare me. Yeah. Like the, the thing that's about, most likely you, to happen. Did you watch Rescue 911? Yeah. Yes. I loved Rescue 911. The reenactments. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was young enough where I was like, no, this is this is how it went down. This is probably how it went down. Yeah. I I had a friend who loved it, Rescue 911, because he was a kid who wanted to be a police officer his whole life. And I don't know if he actually became a police officer. Maybe he changed his mind, but uh, he loved that show to the point uh, where no matter what we were doing when it was on, he would have to drop everything. Wow. And go watch it. Rescue 911's on. Okay. Wasn't it on in the evening? Yeah. Oh, okay. But in summer. Yeah. Even if it was, I guess it was probably You're repeats. in the middle of some, you know, fort activity in the woods and he has to make it home in time to watch Rescue 911. Yeah, the old triangle dinner bell rings, except for it's Rescue 911. <laughs> Chris! Ding, 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 Chris! Ding, 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 gotta go. He's the kind of kid who would probably watch one of those videos of just first responder vehicles <laughs> driving down the road that people put on YouTube. That somehow get thousands of views. This is not a video of anything <laughs> happening except... A ambulance or a fire truck just passing you on the road. That's it. And then you looked down at the comments in those videos, and what did they say? They're like, oh, the M93 really looked good at 552nd mark. Pretty awesome. Yeah, people would talk about the different models of fire trucks and which ones were older and being phased out. Yeah. 
And I can't make fun of those people too much because I know a lot about the subway here in New York. Yeah. Which is ground zero for COVID. Oh my God. We don't even know what our topic is going to be tonight, really. Yeah. We kept trying to kick around a topic and it was difficult because any topic that came up seemed to be influenced very much by the COVID situation we're in. So, and I, and personally, and you can tell me if you want to, if you, if you feel differently, I don't want an episode about coronavirus. I don't. No, but it's dominating everything. Right it now. is. And so it's difficult to not infuse that in whatever topic we talk about. So. Well, it's got me bummed out. Yeah. It's dominating my brain. It's not the uh, virus itself. That's got me bummed out. It's uh, the reaction to it. Yeah. And the uncertainty and the articles I read that say, get used to this. Nobody likes it, but you're going to be like this for four to nine months. This guy, I don't, I, I guess that I was going to say, I don't have the time for that. I've got all the time in the world. What are you <laughs> talking about? Well, to me, an article like that makes me one mad and two, uh, I don't believe it. It makes me annoyed that it exists because I really don't think, I mean, someone isn't going to put out an article saying like, this is going to last two months, everybody relax. They're going to say like, it's going to last forever. Just wait. This is it forever, you guys. And I could be wrong. I felt, I feel, I felt very confident before everything really started to kick off that the situation we're in right now would never happen. And here we are and it's happening. So I can't say that my instincts are always right, but I still feel like this isn't going to be, I mean, okay, it's going to take a long time for the waves in the pond to settle, you know, but I don't think it's for your life and for my life. I don't think it's going to take until, you know, May. I have no clue at this point. I was with you. I didn't think that things would get to the point where everything was shutting down. Yeah. We should also just state that, why are you here? <laughs> well, that's, I should ask you that question. Why are any of us here? <laughs> I was like, you're in New York. Yeah. You came into the lion's den. Yeah. So originally this weekend, we had an interview scheduled for uh, Carlton Moe, who plays Pianji in, Fan of the, in Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. And we were going to have him on as our second guest. And he was going to pick the topic and we were going to have an interview. Not when really you say interview. second guest, you just mean that we've only ever had one guest on the show. Right. We Our first guest was Lucky Yates. And um, I feel like we, we'd be pretty picky about who our guests would be. So, uh, yeah, it was really exciting to think that Carlton would be on our show. And so... As you know, everything changes, you know, it feels like minute to minute, but day to day, you know, it's a new situation every day as to like what you're able to do, what others are willing to do or whatever. So um, I came up, but it Which, turned into New York turned into the epicenter of Corona. So I mean, it was already there. It was labeled the epicenter. While you were here officially. Yeah. So now that interview's canceled. So now we're just chatting, kind of. Yeah, because I don't know what topic to do. I, it's hard to get into a topic. Yeah. The topic with Carl, well, we won't give away his topic. Which, you know, I was excited about that too. I think some people, in the future, we're still trying to set this up. Yeah. And I yeah. don't want some people, because they don't like when we talk about Phantom, like, oh, uh, uh, when he's on... We'll probably ask some questions about Phantom, but you know we're going to stick to one topic. Our format. As best as possible. We're mm -hmm. not doing that now or today so much, but uh, he gets to pick the topic. And we're not going to just you know plow through that. I don't know why I'm setting it up and selling it like this. I just know some people are like, oh, we'll be bored. Mm. But uh, he plays Pianji in the show. And uh, I told Autumn, I said, just reach out to him. Reach out to him. He'll join. Why wouldn't he join? Yeah. That's not any insult at him. Like saying, oh, he's not a big enough name. He wouldn't join. I just, I just seems like the kind of guy in his social media posts. Yeah. That he would join the show. So 
we had that set up. We actually were going to record in a studio. Yeah. Instead of my living room. Mm-hmm. Or our normal recording setup where Autumn's not even around. But uh, yeah, that fell apart. So here we are, socially distant. Yeah. Surrounded by so many people. Millions of people, but isolated. We just went on a drive through New York today. Yeah. Autumn's that was the best was way to do it because you don't actually have to get around and walk anywhere and like interact with anyone. Just stay in the car. Just stay in the car. Not so much traffic and look at the sights in New York and then you just wanted to go see the Real Housewives sights. Listen, I didn't just want to see that. Everywhere we went, I was like, could this be a place where a housewife would be? Is Ramona here? You know, that kind of thing. Look, here's the Natural History and Museum. Ah, where's Ramona? Yeah, Look, I've the seen Chrysler it. Building. Ah, where's, eh. where's that one? Carol Radsville. Bethany. Dorinda. I know where a lot of these people are. They're not here. Yeah, they're not here. Luann's in, um, in uh, the Hamptons. And Dorinda's in the Berkshires. At her house Gross. in the Berkshires. So disgusting. Anyway, and maybe Bethany too. I wonder you if support Bethany's... this. You support these by watching this show. Yeah. You allow these people to just escape to their Hamptons home. What do you mean I allow them to do that? You're helping them make more money. Yeah. Just allowing the rich to get richer. Um, my favorite part of the drive was we went through the Hasidic part of Williamsburg. That was amazing. That's like a different country for anyone who's never been to New York. Uh, I I don't want to set it up like go look at it like it's, you know, some yeah. tourist attraction. Like they're animals. It's just interesting. Yeah. In the sense that this community that is so different than most of our culture exists right in the middle of Brooklyn and they have you go there. It's like being in a different country. Yeah. They have their own stores their own buildings with the the writing, the Jewish writing on it. Hebrew. Hebrew, thank you. <laughs> the Jewish writing. <laughs> with all them Jew writings on the building. And um, yeah, it was so, so cool to see everyone. And it was the busiest of any of the well, communities this, that we drove through. This is one of the things that's going to continue the spread yeah. of COVID. It's like they're not practicing any kind of social distancing. None. Zero. We were being assholes to an extent going out, walking around. No, nah, we weren't being assholes. We weren't we weren't congregating in crowds. It was the two of us walking in a park or something or walking on a street. And we weren't like getting together with anyone here. It was just us walking around. <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal. And there were a ton of people in the parks. That's what I mean. Going out, there's a lot of people who are just n- not taking it so seriously, which yeah. look, it's just fine. I didn't really touch anything. I guess it's not fine to not take it seriously, but in my mind, I don't, I don't know. I have very mixed feelings about the whole thing. I know. Yeah, I do too. Because I do feel like it's somewhat of an overreaction. We don't have to get too deep into it yeah. because I know everyone's talking about it. Um, but then there are people who are at risk and you want to protect those people, but then it's destroying the economy. And then I get a phone call that says they're going to cut my hours in half at work, which uh, look half hours is better than no hours. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense because you know, I work in post-production. You have to have productions to have things to edit and they've shut down all productions. So sure. I was like, when is that going to get back up and running when it does get back up and running? What does it look like? Yeah. What about the people who are going to spend money for our productions? Do they still have money to spend on the productions? Like it's a part of it. It's like you're really just destroying everything. You're just ripping it all down. Yeah. Because we don't know. And it, it's gross that it's become a political thing. That bothers me. It's like if you believe that it's not a big deal, then you're conservative. If you believe it's a big deal, then you're liberal. It's like shut up with all well, of that. Well, yeah, I think it's tied to um, like climate change. Right. And like believing scientists and stuff. Well, I mean, there's a big thing here with it was created to destroy the economy. So Trump would lose the election. But we'll show those people. Let's get out and stop all of that. Yeah. (laughs) Just stop it all. I don't feel like that's the majority of people. Yeah. But the people buy into it. And I just. You know, I think it's gross. 
at this point in time with this thing that really is an event like none other in mm-hmm. anyone's life who's been alive at this to deal with. And it's turning into this, it's still this divisive thing. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I don't feel like, I mean, we've been on the streets. We, we don't see people like in reality. Okay. Maybe online, you know, maybe that kind of, you know, divisiveness is happening, but I think in reality it's not happening. It's not like you see people on the street arguing about, you know, whether this is real, whether it's done as a plot, whatever. It's that's not what's happening. People are just trying to do the best that they can without going nuts. We're gonna be set up to go nuts because nobody the lack of answers. Which there are no answers to be given, but that's This is, is a reminder of how far away we as a society have gotten from nature. Nature doesn't care about, you know, your timeline. You know, it's just going to keep happening until it's done its thing, until it's done. And we have to just accept that as this is just going to keep going until it's not going anymore or until we have like a better handle on it. And I was saying the other day, it's like birth and like death. You know, you don't know when that baby's coming. You can make a guess of when it's coming. You don't know when that apple's going to fall from the tree. Well, all the other apples have fallen. Well, why isn't that one? I don't know. It just hasn't fallen yet. You know, you don't know when you're going to die. It's going to happen at some point. Even when you are dying, you still don't know if is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be a week from now? You don't know. So you just have to just, I know it sounds so hippy dippy or something, but it's just be, just be, just live in whatever moment you're in and handle whatever you have to handle even if you're in a crisis yourself with your bills or whatever, it's not like the people around you that you owe money to or that you're worried about paying or whatever. It's not like they aren't also in this world. They know what's happening. And so there has to be something that's going to sort of level everything else so that you're not, you're not alone in it. So that's kind of where I am. I don't, I'm not reading a lot of, I'm not reading the articles. I'm not paying attention to what people are saying online about it. I'm just, I'm here in New York. I know that there are some people that are not happy that someone like me would be traveling to quote the epicenter of an outbreak like this or whatever. But, you know, I'm just not I'm not, I'm not trying to be irresponsible. I'm not going to, I'm not allowing my parents to come visit, you know, while the kids are out of school. Um, I'm not planning a trip to go visit them because, and vice versa, because it's, it could put them in danger. So that's what I'm doing to protect people that I love and people who might be in a more vulnerable, my dad's in his seventies, you know, so my mom's not old, but she's like older. So I don't know. You just have to do what you have to you just have to do what you feel is right. And if you want to stay in and like lock your doors and seal them up and do not go outside for the next week, that's your choice to do, to do that. That's fine. And then you just have to hope in humanity that they're not going to like be sick and go out. Well, I think part of the problem is you don't know that you're sick until you're sick, but you're contagious before you know that you're sick. And that's why you're supposed to stay inside. I I believe yeah. And my completely non-scientifically backed theory is that we've all been exposed. Many, many people have already been exposed and probably have already gotten it or have it and are relatively asymptomatic or they're minor symptoms. And uh, I don't know if immunity is something that people are getting. I guess nobody knows yet that yet if you can actually maybe kids are be immune to it. somewhat I mean, immune. It, it, this is the thing. Nobody knows anything about it, and that's why right. they're acting this way. Um, but there's a complete lack of control. You know, I'm a pretty resourceful person, and just living here and finding jobs and work. You know, if if it got to the point where they laid me off completely. All that's out the window. It's like, I don't know. There are no jobs to go get. Right. This is the way it is. And then I don't know what people do. Yeah. That's uh, that's the thing that's very worrisome. If it's going to go on for months, four to nine months, which is just one thing that I saw. I've seen 18 months. I've seen 
numbers in in China are in the single digits with new infections. And then immediately it's followed by, ah, but there's going to be a second wave, so don't get your hopes up. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm not, I, I can't, I'm not interested in information like that, where it's just hyped up. Yeah. You know, I, like, it, don't think that you can relax and not click on other articles from this website because it ain't over. Like, well, okay, maybe it could be over more quickly than you think. Maybe not. Yeah, it bums me out. Yeah. The whole thing is this got me bummed out. And like you said, we're all in the same boat. It's not like there's a lack of understanding since right. it's a strange event where everyone is affected the same way. Yeah. So when it kind of, when it comes time to pay that bill, nobody can pay that bill because so many people don't have jobs right now or right. have their hours cut or It's not going to be a unique experience. I don't you know. I don't know what happens. It all can come collapsing down. It's so fragile. And then this isn't, you know, this is another thing that isn't some unique thought. There's been plenty of stories, movies, things presented about the way humans live, the way we've built our societies and how fragile they really are. If the supply chain breaks, everyone's fucked. That's (laughs) when you're going to see chaos. Yeah. As long as the grocery stores can stay stocked. Somewhat stocked. I know right now there's still people going in there and, you know, that's another control thing. People just want control. All the jokes about the toilet paper. Yeah, sure. It's ridiculous. It's okay. Why? People just think, oh, I'm locked inside for several weeks. What do I need toilet paper? And it just feels as though they're getting one over on the situation. I bought a lot of it. I got a lot of of toilet paper. (laughs) I really showed this, this pandemic. It's okay. Sure, if you want to do that. But, you know, ultimately the toilet paper is still there. I don't understand why toilet paper is the go-to. I, I think it's just one of those things. People think of the things they need if they're going to be locked away. It's just a grasp yeah, for control. Food. Everyone, Sure. But if this all breaks, it's finished. Then you're going to see some bad stuff start to happen. So let's hope that the I supply know. chains don't I don't, don't think break. that that's going to happen. But think about if this were a virus with mortality rate higher than what this one is. Mm-hmm. If you got it, 50% chance you were going to die. There's even 20% chance. That's a pretty high percentage. If it would, The chaos would be insane. Do you think, though, that it would have, everyone would have been quarantined more quickly and everyone would listen to it because of the high death rate? Oh, sure. But then things like going to the grocery store, you wouldn't even want to go outside. No. So I don't know how you would get the food. You couldn't have delivery workers. You, the supply chain probably would break. You wouldn't want people, people wouldn't want to go be driving trucks to deliver groceries if, yeah. if there's a chance they get this virus that's 50% chance well, it kills them. Well, that's not happening. So that's good. No, but, but it gives an insight into yeah. how quickly things can Nature. Nature change. doesn't give a fuck about you. We We have built up our community and our environment around us to think that we have control over it and in some ways we do but in very much other ways we don't anybody who's been you know like their house been torn down from a tornado or something you know you think like this is my home it will always be here and then the tornado just flattens it or something yeah but that only really has an effect on that person even a person who's a neighbor whose house is left untouched because mm-hmm. tornadoes are strange like that. They can see where their neighbor's house was. Maybe they knew that person. Mm-hmm. So they they can empathi- empathize a bit uh, with them. And you can try to do it as a person who doesn't know. You can empathize. But it doesn't really mean that much if it doesn't happen to you. I so. guess not. But that's leading into this. It affects everyone. Yeah. It's affecting this podcast right now. This podcast that we said we weren't going to talk about Corona (laughs) and here we are. Well, I think we're just talking about it in a different way. We're not getting too deep into the, the, a lot of people have talked about it, what it means, why the things are happening. Sure. We get, I feel bad for the way that I feel about it, which is that I don't think a, I, I don't, I think that I already had it. I really do. Um, this was before it was just like a little bit of like a whiff of it was happening somewhere else. Um, and I was, I just was like a little sick 
I was, I talked about it on the doctrine. I was like, I'm sick, you know? Um, and I don't know. I'm, I didn't quarantine myself. I mean, I did in some ways. I drove here and then I feel like you and I have been sort of quarantined. I mean, we went out in the park. Is that not being quarantined? No, you didn't people stay. S- you didn't stay six feet away from other people. I mean, basically. If if I didn't go, you not yeah. you not distancing yourself when you were showing signs of being sick. Eh, maybe that's a little irresponsible. But I didn't know. I just felt like I just well, had this a little was, bit of a cold. This was before. Yeah, this was also weeks ago. Yeah. So at, at this point, I think if those symptoms had popped up, you wouldn't be out. No. But again, by that point, it's already too late. Like if you were out before, you yeah. would have, you infected other people. Or- so that's what I mean. I understand that logic, you know. So let's say I didn't get it before, you know, and that wasn't what that was. That was just like some other common cold. And then I don't know that I have it a week ago. And now I'm here and I were walking in the park and I touch a rail and then somebody else touches that rail. And then, you know, I mean, that's how that thing goes. Right. So, yeah, I feel guilty about the way that I feel about it, but I just don't. Maybe I'm an idiot. I just feel like I'm it's not I'm I'm not doing it. I feel like I'm not I'm not uh, a contagion. I'm not the person who's distributing this illness. I mean, if we're going to talk about how we really feel about it, yeah. I mean, my initial reaction is shut up with the virus because I, again, I don't know shit. I don't know anything. Yeah. I do feel like it's. Yeah, I agree with you. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's an overreaction. Uh huh. I, I, I see what is happening to most people who get it, and the recovery rate is high. And then I see the damage that's being done to the economy and just people's way of lives. And I look at that and this is what is worth. But then you think, see, I stopped myself there because then you do realize people are affected and people are dying. And those are people who those are people who are loved by people Yeah, the real people who are yeah. suffering. Yeah. Like, OK, well, then that is happening. I don't I don't know what the answer is. Ultimately, I guess. And because it's not just people with compromised immune systems. Like someone who says part of my disease is that I have a compromised. It's not just those people. It could be like a smoker who's in their 60s. Right. It could be someone who was recently sick and maybe their immune system isn't as strong for this particular virus. So, Yeah. um yeah. I mean, when I say that, I'm not saying I'm proud of my initial I know, reaction I feel, to yeah. it, but that is that is my feeling at its most basic. When I think about it, if you were to ask me to answer right away without planning on the way I wanted to say it, controlling the message I put out there, yeah, it's shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not proud of that. This is just me. No, this is the thing about this virus. Well, that's why we're going out. That's why there's still this big F you to it, walking around doing things you're not supposed to be doing. No, we aren't doing things like we're not hanging out with people. You know, we're not, we're not, uh, I don't know. We're not sitting inside of restaurants or anything. Because you can't. Yeah. If restaurants were open, I may go into them. But this is what the big F you is. It's a, it's a challenge. It's like, bring it. Saying, bring it to me. I'm not scared. I'll get sick. Bring it. But I'm not, I'm not thinking about the other side of it when I do say that in that, okay, maybe I have been infected and I'm spreading it to other people. Right. That's the irresponsible part, I feel. But me going out and making the choice to expose myself to the possibility of saying, well, that's my choice. It is, I guess. So, and So that's where the rebellion comes from. It's more of a challenge, a big middle finger to Mother Nature. This this whole thing um, uh, really brings out people's true essence. I think it really does. The way that people are reacting to it, that's that's who they are. So maybe both of us, in a way, are like rebellious. You know, we don't like, all right. We're going to do what's ne- we're going to do what's like the bare minimum. We're going to wash our hands. We're going to socially distance ourselves. We're not going to quarantine because we don't think. And then there are other people who are 
maybe just I don't know what it is, but their true essence are roof rule followers. So they're going to be like, no, I'm in. I go from here, maybe to the grocery store and that's it. And when I'm there, I wear gloves and I wear a mask and I disinfect this and like, I'm not doing that. And that's because that's not in my like soul or something. That's not part of my personality. Certainly with Ooh, like one of those personality tests, like ETLR, you know what I mean? Like someone is like, oh, you're a rule follower. You know, maybe it's just part of someone's personality. When it comes to authority, I do question it. The strange thing with authority is if there's someone I really respect who's in the position of power, I will listen to what they say and I have no problems with authority. And applying that logic to this situation, all right, the people in positions of power, at least the people who know what they're talking about, are people I should Mm -hmm. uh, trust. But I guess it's because they don't know the information either fully because nobody knows anything about COVID. Are you thinking of the politicians that you made? Well, I was thinking about the scientists and healthcare Uh workers who are, you know, on the front line of trying to figure this out and saying what's best people at the CDC, who are these are the precautions we should take or this, these are the steps that should be implemented. Um, And being a politician, it's strange in this case, because if it turned out to be really, really bad and a lot, a lot of people died and you did things immediately so you shut it down so that didn't happen. There's no proof that right. you actually stopped anything because it didn't get bad. And then maybe you're voted out because mm-hmm. people aren't happy with that. But also waiting so it gets to the point where now it's really going to fuck with us for longer than it would have before. That could get you voted out. People aren't going to be happy about that. Right. So there really is no winning. I feel like as a politician, that the problem with it is that people go into this and this becomes their careers and they want to keep their jobs for as long as they can keep them. I can't blame someone for that, but if you're getting into uh, public service in a democracy or a representative republic, thank you, um, where people are voting you in or voting you out, sorry, if the best thing to do is to shut it down immediately, and then people don't understand it and you get voted out, that was your job because your real job is to protect the public Mm -hmm. and serve the public in the best interest of the public. It's not about you and your selfish desires for power and money or fame or whatever comes along with it. Yeah. And that annoys me that some, that it didn't happen right away on many levels. I feel like it's difficult to look at the numbers that are coming out because there's so much information within each number you know so if like you look at the number of cases or the number let's just even like to the nitty-gritty the number of deaths and you're talking about italy okay well that number is very high but it's also the highest elderly population you know what i mean so like most of italy has elderly people yeah sorry (laughs) know if you're trying to tell me something no i wasn't telling you anything okay so then uh new york has a has a very high uh cases number but within that is also a difference in population so what you really need to break it down to is percentages right like percentages of the population yeah but then it's well how many people have been tested and how that's many the thing are... too yeah there's so many things with whatever each number and when it comes to stats you can find something that supports whatever side you're on yeah so it's kind of a pointless exercise as far as i'm concerned so because and if, then... if you want to prove that it's dangerous you can show the spread and the curves and how quickly yeah and you know the real problem is the hospitals and if they become uh overwhelmed yeah, that's a problem. And that's what you're trying to stop ultimately. Mm-hmm. But and if you're if you're on the other side and you're trying to prove that oh it's not so bad, then yes, you could say, well, these numbers are here, but look at the population of New York and do the percent you don't even know how many people have it because Right. Yeah. The tests are only given to people who are already showing symptoms. Uh there's a lot of people who probably have it who aren't even wanting to get tests because they're they don't know. So it's all unknowns. It's a lot of filling in blanks. Yeah. And as, as I was saying earlier, though, with the politicians, um, you know, then I, I was saying I get angry that it took so long, but I'm also angry now that it's happening at all. <laughs> so there's no winning. Right. 
I don't know what you're going to, you're not going to appease me unless this just goes away, which is not just going to go away. So yeah, it is, it is the current state of things and I really hate it. I don't, I do not like it. I don't like the prospect of my life and it sounds very selfish, but that's what I can think about right now because when you're sitting inside and you're not seeing things, when you do see things and they don't seem so bad, even though you know that they are, there's a disconnect and you can try to tell yourself as much so. What do you mean? Like us going out and seeing people walk around and it not being like desolate? Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's not bad. You know, things burning on the streets. It doesn't mean that's not bad, but then there's a disconnect and you see that and then you're told you have to stay inside. And then there's people in a suburban area who are self-quarantining or just staying inside more often, only reading articles or watching the news and not really interacting or seeing what's actually happening on the street with actual people. And I think that that makes a difference in how people react to what's going on and people's fear. And typically people who, I mean, I'm not saying like the suburbs are, I'm not saying that it's a bad place, but typically people who are in the suburbs are a little bit more fearful, I think, of the world. You know what I mean? You're you're not dealing with as many people, as many social interactions. Um, it's a little bit more of like a, I don't know, more of a guarantee of polite society than maybe if you were in a in a city because you're going to in a city, you're going to see things you don't want to see. There's going to be interactions that you don't want to have with people, whatever. So I think that your reaction within those places is going to be different to the news than if you are in a major city. So maybe that's why, like, you belong in a city because you're like, I'm not afraid. Maybe I should be a little bit afraid, but part of my personality is like, I'm not afraid. Yeah, whenever you don't have knowledge on a topic Mm -hmm. and you're left to fill in blanks, you know, it does lead to, you're talking about people and maybe in the suburbs Mm -hmm. who just in general aren't encountering the kind of things you encounter in a city outside of the virus. And so you're left to fill in blanks and it's probably scarier than it really is in the city. Because you hear things, you read things, you're not there to see things, you fill in the blank, oh, it's the worst. And then, you know, the the overcompensation could be, I'm around, I see all these things, and I've always felt relatively safe, and the world isn't as scary as it's presented. But all that stuff does happen, and just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Right. And I don't know. But what you fill in the blanks with is is sometimes the scarier, darker parts of you and not necessarily the reality. Yeah, I paused and said, I don't know, because, again, I, I realize I'm being very selfish in my view on it right now. Yeah. And some of that is you are selfish. Yeah. Well, some of it's probably the pushback <laughs> on I don't I see the articles that say it's going to go on longer and longer and longer. Mm-hmm. And it angers me. I get just angry. And I it's not based on reality because if that's what needs to be done then fine yeah because i think because you're not it makes you angry but you're not gonna not do it if i worked to in a hospital someone else if i worked you know? in a hospital and i was around it and i saw the suffering and i'm sure it'd be completely different mm-hmm. i would feel totally different about it but i do do things like look at the numbers and the percentages and see that i can't go to work and right that you know, at some point, maybe work goes away and that puts you in a spot that's scary and intimidating. Yeah, because they're just, again, as I've said several times, lack of control. Yeah. There's no control and I, there's still blanks left for everyone to fill in. That's what we're all doing is filling a blank. So whenever you are left to fill in a blank, it's never a good thing. And everyone's doing that. Even people who are experts are still filling, you know, they're yeah. trying to fill in the blanks properly. Right, based on experience and knowledge of viruses, and but that's what they're still filling in blanks, right? Because the knowledge just isn't there. So, you know, hopefully, more stuff. Do you believe in better safe than sorry? For myself, yeah. If you're talking about me, no, no. I've I've said I say this. I don't want to get sick and die. No. But the way I present this, I said to several people, you know, then I'll probably become infected and if i die then you can say 
You got what he deserved. <laughs> That's your gift. Your parting gift is to anyone who thought you should be doing things differently. I told you so. What are yeah. you doing? I told you. Mm-hmm. But that's my choice to make. <laughs> yeah. But it's not my choice to make for other people. And you do that by possibly infecting them when you don't know you're infected. Yeah. Since you don't know. Yeah. And you become infectious. Yeah. You can spread it before uh, you know that you have. Okay. So that's not, I, it's not my place to make that decision for other people. So what? What this is this is the real weird thing with this. Yeah. I just hope that the situation changes sooner than later cuz yes. I, I don't know. I'll just lose my mind. And uh not in a good way. Not like oh, I'm getting stir crazy. I just don't I don't know if I'll go to a dark place. Yeah, spiral. Yeah, it could mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. Um I didn't mean for this episode to be about corona. I know, but look, it this is It's happening all around us. It's dominating right now. And I yeah. know that people may listen to the show because they want to get away from that. Mm-hmm. And we'll get back on track next week. Yeah. When we talk about well, I don't know. deli meat. <laughs> Possibly. That's not a bad topic. Well, I enjoy a good deli meat. That yeah. ties into this. I think we talked about with sandwiches in the sandwiches episode with Lucky Eights a bit. But. Okay. Yeah, maybe so. But I look, I'll talk about deli meats. Yep. It's got to be boar's head. Sure. Thin. Yeah. Always shaved. I like the shaved, but then I feel guilty asking for it shaved. Because it's annoying to do. Yeah, for the person. Oh, God forbid they have to move their arm back and forth 20 times <laughs> to make a pound. God it, forbid they it, do their job. It can be a lot. I asked someone to uh, shave it before. Mm-hmm. And then I went on my merry way in the grocery store, did my shopping, came back. And I don't know, because I wasn't there to keep an eye on them. It, it wasn't shaved at all. Ugh, was it big, huge chunks? It was. It wasn't even thin. It was... It was Thicker than you would have thought for asking for it shaved. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was a big fuck you. It's like, how dare you? You ask for this? Okay, I'm going to show you. How thick can they really cut that stuff? As thick as they want if someone wants it. Really? Not as thick. They can cut it pretty thick. Yeah? That machine's got... What do you think, some, like five inches? That machine's <laughs> got a... The slicer has a range. Yeah, what's the range? I don't know the actual range. We can save that for the deli meats all episode. All right, all right. I'll stop talking about it. Cold cuts. Yeah, cold cuts. DJ Cole cuts. Are we so, ending early? Yeah, I, you know, we could ramble on about this. Yeah, this uneducated rambling. <laughs> I, I don't think it's. We're not talking about the scientific part of this. We're just yeah. talking about the effects. We're of, talking about how we feel guilty for how we feel, but it's the way we feel. What's well, the relatable part of it? That's true. We're not trying to present things we don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no clue when it comes to this, and all I want is a clue. Can't have a clue. Nature doesn't care about you needing a clue. Well, I know that. This whole ego that humans have, mm-hmm. this superiority complex, it all ends very quickly. And again, this is like an we ex- have control over nature. This is an example of that. We use its waters to make electricity. If this were a more deadly virus, it just shows how quickly it all go away. Yeah. How fragile life is, Greg. <laughs> well, you can say it as a joke. You can you can make present it in that voice, but how fragile is it? It is true. No society. It's true. It is. Anyway, we won't talk about this again. Okay. We've got it out of our system. It's out. It's done. We've purged it. So you can wrap it up. Thank you for listening to one topic. Please like and subscribe, download, rate, and review us on iTunes. Find us on email, uh one topic. Zero one at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Find us in all those places. Uh, support our sponsor, Hoff and Pepper. Um, right now, they they have a special where they will send a mini flask of sauce to anyone that you think that you would like the sauce in the United States uh, for free with any order that you purchase. And you can use our code one topic 15 You'll hear it in the commercial after this. Yeah, I mean, support businesses yeah. that you care about right now. Especially businesses that are our friends. That's another thing I think about, though. That they've just shut everything down. And all these small businesses, how are they going to rebound from this? It's done. It's. I feel like once the economy's back up and running, it's just going to be a bunch of shuttered stores here in New York. It is insane. See, this is <laughs> stuff that goes through. <laughs> I know. Right? But then on the, on the other side, there are people dying. Right. There so. are people suffering. So, 
I, have, I don't know. Wash your hands. <laughs> this is what it leads me to. I don't <laughs> know. I hate saying that. It sounds like a cop-out answer. But I've resorted to that a few times. Like, I don't know. No, we don't know. No one knows. I know. If that know helps that. anything. See, that's the thing I do know. Yeah. I know that we don't know. All right. Thanks. Bye. Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce? You know, I do like hot sauce, but I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Peter Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without mm. any additives or extracts, a company that uses local peppers so it's as fresh as possible, and a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers. So I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, what? Let's say no more than five ingredients. I mean, it's crazy, but there's gotta be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot. Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients. What? zero fillers, huh? additives, or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hoff Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three times! How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing. You know how you can get your own bottle of no, hot sauce? No, no. Tell me, please, now. Hoffandpepper.com. And not only am I giving you the gift of the best hot sauce that you'll ever taste, I'm going to give you 15% off if you use the code 1TOPIC15. Hold on. That's... Yes. Get a pen and paper. 1TOPIC15. Good. That's O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-1-5. All squished together at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order and your life will be better. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome.